Representative Natalie Mahalik joined the United States Navy one week after graduating high school. She ended up serving in the Navy's elite nuclear power program where less than 1% of all female soldiers are admitted. After returning home from active duty, Natalie went on to earn a bachelor's degree from Pitt and then a law degree. After working in the Allegheny County District Attorney's Office, she was elected state representative in 2018. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views, and my guest today is Natalie Mahalik, state representative from the 40th District, uh, which is parts of southern Allegheny County and northern Washington County. Uh, and uh, you are in your second term, correct? Yes, recently elected to my second term. Well, uh, and it, you've hit the ground running in many ways, uh, understanding how uh, government works and, and doesn't work. Uh, and in fact, uh, I watched you on the floor and questioning some of the secretaries, Governor Wolf's secretaries of health and labor and industry, uh, because there have been a lot of uh, uh, areas in which government has not worked uh, for your constituents. Um, and I thought you did a very effective job of asking questions, uh, trying to get to the bottom of what's been happening with government throughout all of this COVID uh, pandemic and where government hasn't been serving. Um, why don't you explain a little bit about what you've been dealing with as a state representative and your constituents, the services that they haven't gotten, that they've that they've deserved. Uh, and then I certainly want to talk about the nursing home mandates or orders um, and how this administration is refusing to take responsibility. But talk about the experience uh, from your uh, perspective uh, in the district and how constituents have been served or not served by, by their state government? Sure. It's been 11 months of just frustration from our constituents on, on everything from labor and industry to DCED, the way that they administered the waivers, um, really just the whole gamut of issues. And the appropriations hearings really offered us a window into, you know, some of the inner workings of these departments, an opportunity to question the various secretaries, albeit many of them have now changed hands conveniently just prior to our, you know, our budget hearings. Um, but it really gave the opportunity to lay it out on the table for our constituents have, who have been voicing the frustrations to us to say, you know, here's the secretary of the department. What, you know, you are the one responsible. You're with the administration. What do you have to say for all the various problems that have been going on within your specific department? So, so Department of Labor, let's start there because I, I think you said on the floor uh, and asking the Secretary of Labor who was saying, well, I've only been in the job for a couple months, but she has apparently worked there for 15 years, uh, that you have constituents that have been off of work since March or uh, have never received any uh, unemployment compensation checks? Still, to this day, we have constituents who have received nothing, not a penny, 
um, who, you know, will call in and explain the situation to us. They've not received a penny since March of 2020. Well, if, if you want here, I'm going to make you even more angry. I have an employee who never missed a paycheck. Fortunately, we did not have to lay anybody off, but she received two checks that she never requested uh, from, uh, you know, the Department of Labor and Industry. So they're sending checks to people who didn't request them and not sending them to people who deserve them. That's true. And if and if you watch the whole uh, hearing with labor and industry, uh, another representative brought out the fact that a majority leader in another state received or or didn't receive it, but it was you know thought by the Pencil mm-hmm. the state of Pennsylvania that he received this unemployment check for whatever amount, and he didn't know until he got his tax forms. <laughs> and it shows that, you know, he received an unemployment check from Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And he, uh, you know, like the rest of us, called labor and industry to dispute it and, and report it, couldn't get through, and ended up having to call, you know, so, somebody within our caucus just to make a connection and say, hey, I need somebody to be aware that you might have a, a case of fraud. Going well, on. and I think we also are seeing that people are having or are, are uh, being charged taxes uh, for some of these checks that they they didn't receive, uh, but it's somehow on the books for uh, they're they're uh, being held accountable for that or liable uh, for that. Some of the things that with labor and industry, uh, you made a very poignant uh, um, uh, I think presentation by actually calling the unemployment compensation center uh, while you were on the floor, and lo and behold, all you got was a busy signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that what your your constituents experienced throughout the eleven months as well? Every day, yes, every single day, and and I've experienced it myself. My staff has experienced it. We've had constituents call in and let us know. And I've personally spoken to constituents who have, they've been so desperate that they've spent days on the phone with the busy signal or getting, you know, routed from, you know, this to that and the other thing, because it's just this endless circle. If you don't get the busy signal and you actually do get through to something, it's not a someone, but it's a something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just thought... (laughs) Everybody needs to hear this because, like, when is the last time you heard a busy tone? Right, right. I mean, I'm a child of the 80s. It was, you know, more prevalent then. You Uh don't hear a busy tone now. Mm -hmm. Voicemail picks up a a message, a bot, something. Um, But a busy tone? Really a busy tone. A person that has no paycheck through no fault of their own, Mm -hmm. and this is their lifeline, and we're giving them a busy tone? Are you kidding me? Well, you also made the point that uh, even when folks tried to use email to connect uh, uh, with uh, the department, uh, what was the result there? The result is you're waiting several weeks for an answer. Um, you're sometimes given a, an incomplete answer that would require a follow-up, and of course, you're waiting several more weeks for the follow-up. So it's just this, you know, a- endless game, months and months and months, just to say what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Like, just tell me what you need. What mistake did I make on the initial intake, or you know, whatever the case is. Um, because sometimes you're waiting weeks just to hear, well, this is a complex issue. We're going to forward it mm-hmm. to the next level. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want to hear, especially if you've waited nine weeks for that email. Yeah, well, uh, just to put you at, uh, at ease, I think all the departments are uh, incompetent up there. Uh, I had my own tax returns. took 11 months in order for them to say, yep, everything looks good, and, and finally got uh, my refund. Um, and because of the incompetence, had to pay me uh, nearly $300 in interest. 
Um, wow. And so uh, these costs, of course, add up. I had that the year before, so it wasn't just the pandemic of 2020. In 2019, I also saw the same thing that incompetence cost the taxpayers money and interest to pay me for my refund that uh, should have been very easy to check off and clearly was uh, once they finally got to it. Uh, I, I know that uh, when you were making these points on the floor, it was, what, a week uh, afterward that the Department of Labor and Industry finally said, um, we're going to be hiring more people. Uh, have they done that, do you know? Or they have they actually ramped up to be able to accommodate uh, uh, people and get rid of these busy signals or be able to reply uh, to email inquiries, you know, in a shorter time period than, a, than I think you said upwards of nine weeks some people were not hearing back. Yeah, so a week after the hearing, um, it was announced by Secretary Barrier that they, you know, have heard the frustrations um, and they wanted to put those frustrations into, you know, an, an action plan. And that would be in the form of 500 additional people to to do the initial intake. So these aren't the um, case managers that are figuring out, you know, the complex uh, unemployment cases, but these are the initial intake, like a call center, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I don't think that those hires have been made yet. 500 is, is a lot to just, sure. you know, up and up and hire in a day. I wish that that decision could have been made, uh, you know, 11 months ago yeah. um, or, or any point in the, <laughs> in the distant past to help alleviate some of the backlog and just, um, you know, to get a human being on the other end of the phone for some of these people that were just confused and desperate and, you know, really uncertain times during the pandemic. Um, and you know, if you're economically distressed, it, it would be helpful to talk to a human being and have some sort of timeline, some sort of answers, at least when you're doing your initial in intake. Because by and large, most of these people were never, you know, un in the unemployment system before. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly user friendly. Mm -hmm. So Right. And uh, certainly when you are not uh, receiving any income, uh, just having somebody say, here's where you're at in the process, rather than a busy signal or a non-answered email. Uh, hopefully they're getting their act together, but here we are a year after this started and uh, we're still experiencing problems. It's, it's a very, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> I think it's where people don't trust government to do its, its uh, job uh, very well. Now, another area that uh, I saw you with regard to the Department of of health and human services, uh, and something that's been in the in the media a lot in the state of New York, but similar things have happened in Pennsylvania, and that was uh, executive orders issued by our governor to send COVID positive patients back into nursing homes. And I think we saw the lawyer side of you uh, coming out and how you prosecuted that and laying out the timeline that uh, CDC guidelines from Washington. Um, didn't require Governor Wolf to send people back to nursing homes with a positive uh, uh, case of, of COVID. Um, talk about what that was like and, and um, your questioning of the new Secretary of Health. That's right. So March 13th, in the earliest days of the pandemic, if you can remember, the, the very first guidance issued by the federal government came out. Um, and it's simply that a nursing home can accept a patient after they've tested positive for COVID so long as they can, you know, follow all these uh, other guidelines. 
Well, at that time, there weren't any nursing homes that had a COVID-dedicated unit. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a lot different from communicable diseases in the past, especially in those early days. We didn't know exactly what we were dealing with, how it was transmitted. Um, If you remember, you know, they thought it was surface, it could live for, you know, so long on surfaces and it was airborne. And then that was even before the earliest mask mandates came out, really. Um, no COVID dedicated units. So, and so CDC saying, look, you can, but you have to, you know, really mitigate it in your facilities and nobody could do that. So it really wasn't a command to take That's right. Take it said, patients. it, it yeah. said can, it yeah. said the word yeah. can in the federal guidance. Five days later, uh, our department of health issues an order and it said, you must accept patients. And it wasn't just for the, you know, say a patient had already resided within the nursing home leaves to you know go to a hospital mm-hmm. to be treated for COVID and comes back. But th- this addressed new admissions as well, um, because I think that the Secretary of Health made the point on you know several occasions that you know we need to put people back into their homes. Well, this isn't back into their homes. They didn't live there in mm. the first place. So you're introducing a new person with a new disease into a place where they sh- just shouldn't be because they're not equipped at that point in time to deal with it. Now, what I saw is you were asking, uh, was this a mistake? Mm-hmm. And uh, see if anybody would own that. Did they ever admit that, you know what, that was a mistake. We should not have done that. No. Um, this administration hasn't owned a- anything, not on the nursing home issue, not you know with the business waivers, not on any of the issues that have come up over the last 11 months. Many serious issues, you know, not just on the health front, um, but also on the economy side as well. And I, and I wanted to just, I wanted to know, like, who's in charge? Mm-hmm. Because whoever is in charge should be taking ownership of this. Mm-hmm. And it, it clearly wasn't her. And I, and I don't think it's the governor either. Just two days um, before we had the Secretary of Health in for questioning during uh, that appropriations hearing, the governor was in a press conference where a very similar question was asked of him. And he acted like he didn't even know oh, about yeah. the order. I, I saw that. It was pretty amazing how oblivious uh, and obtuse he came across when he was asked about these things. And in fact, I think he had to be corrected because his at, for original answer was inaccurate or erroneous. You don't know about this order that's been the subject of a right. congressional, you know, ask for an investigation. We're all asking for it to be investigated, and you never heard of it. And then he said he wasn't aware we were following federal guidance. Well, I wasn't aware either because we weren't. So. <laughs> right. So, so uh, where does this go? I think that there have uh, the House has taken some action to investigate uh, these things. Some some of what we're learning about happened in in the state of New York, and seeing what you know. Hey, how was this? Uh, um, addressed in Pennsylvania. What are some of the actions that are going to be happening here? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we just, the bottom line is we need to know what happened, what went wrong. Five states issued a similar order, and I think three of them pulled out within a few weeks of issuing that order. Pennsylvania doubled down on it. Um, so we would just want to know, with, did that contribute to you know the number of deaths? 52% of our deaths, of course, come from the nursing homes. We've eclipsed uh, states with much, much bigger populations, Texas and and Florida. Texas, I think, has 29 million residents. We have almost 13 million, Mm -hmm. and we've eclipsed their nursing home deaths. So we need to know what went wrong. It's only fair to the, you know, the lives that we lost, those family members who have been left behind. Um, But we need to know as a commonwealth what went wrong so this never happens again in the future. So part of that is the uh, House Oversight Committee. Uh, I think today it may have been read across the desk, if if not already, then, you know, later on. 
um, that they're going to start the investigation. Somebody's got to do it. Well, we need uh, folks to be held accountable. And I thank you for all that you're doing to make sure that we get to the bottom of this, whether it's unemployment uh, snafus to uh, failed orders that uh, literally wrote the death sentences uh, for far too many people in Pennsylvania. And Governor Wolf and all of his folks need to be held accountable. And uh, thank you for uh, what you're doing in order to uh, bring that to light. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Well, good to have you. And best wishes as you jump into all the budget fun uh, going forward. So, well, let's have you back on again at some time in the future. And uh, take care and, and, and be well. Thank you. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E.